Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, the podcast where we analyze our favorite movies through a series of outlandish questions. I'm Brett Tworski. I'm Adam Ottenheimer. This movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us. There are legitimately groups of people, I'm sure, that think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor. This movie, in 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was. Borden is, is Tim Duncan, but then, yes. you know, James Harden is kind of like that Angier. The other one is Mikowski. Oh, that's a hot take! I can't wait to rewatch it and to talk to you about that, that atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Welcome back to another episode of Butterless Popcorn. Adam, today we're talking about a movie that I am quite fond of. Uh, I'm so fond of it that I actually called it the second best movie of the 2010s. Many may not agree with me, but I love this movie so much. I'm glad we get to talk about it. From 2012, David O. Russell's Silver Linings Playbook. Thoughts? When I knew this was really high on your list, I figured this was going to be a fantastic movie. And to be honest with you, so this is the first time I saw it was the other day. I had no idea what this movie was about. I figured <laughs> it was like some kind of like really heavy movie. I remember seeing a preview of like just Bradley Cooper running with what looked to be a trash bag on <laughs> on his sweatshirt. And I'm trying. It's to sweat. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't figure out at all what type of movie it was. It was like, is it heavy? Is it funny? Is it. Is it stupid in a way? Is it sad? And then I guess when you watch it, you realize it's got a little bit of everything in it. And so, you know, you could call it a rom-com, I guess, if you, uh, or like a romantic drama with comedy, comedic elements. That's how I would put it. But a movie where uh, really the plot and the storyline is pretty unoriginal, right? Like, you know, someone's... The guy's like thinks he wants one girl and he should be with another girl, right? Like we've seen that before, right? Like, it, but it, it it's just it, it's so much deeper than that. It's such a better movie than that, and uh, that's what's so great about David O. Russell and the rest of the cast in this movie and how they were able to make it something more than just a shallow, unoriginal plotline, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. They they expanded on what would be what has been cliched and brought up time and time again in the history of movies so really good note there so released in 2012 this movie is about a man with bipolar disorder who's released from a mental health facility and just tries to put his life back together and you find out why he was there uh and then you you kind of take a look into him and realize ooh, maybe he wasn't so ready to be released right away but it's all the things that start happening to him and his relationships with his family and, and, and a, and a woman he meets and, uh, it all starts to kind of come into place. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, I like what you said. It's kind of just a bit of everything. Like it has that rom-com element. It, it has some really intense, troubling themes to it. Um, touches on a lot of familial issues. And it's also just, it's like really funny at times too. Like it, it's just oh, yeah. it's really funny. There are many times where I'm cracking up during this movie. There's um, going to be, they're going to be, and I know in our quotes section, it's going to be a fun time here, but it, it did such a good job of, of as soon as you start to feel like super down and super depressed, like almost uncomfortable when you're watching a movie, you know, it's like, 
it, it knows that line perfectly, doesn't cross it, and then it's some kind of ridiculous comedic element in it. Yeah. And it shoots you right back up. And it's just mm-hmm. like, it, it's like a seesaw the entire way. It really messes with your emotions, but like in a good way. No, absolutely. Uh, so th- the cast is so good in this. I mean, you got Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence leading you off, and then Robert De Niro and Jackie Weaver in supporting roles. They're unbelievable. And then, I mean, you have people like Chris Tucker and Chris Julia Tucker, Stiles. Baby. Made, Chris Tucker is so funny in this movie. He's so great. Good. He's great. Every scene he's in, like he he breaks up a lot of those really intense you know, familial or, or, mm-hmm. or scenes where you see Pat Bradley Cooper's character really struggling with himself. Chris Tucker's character, Danny comes in and just like <laughs> breaks it all. And it's so funny. <laughs> Same thing with, um, uh, uh, John Ortiz's character, Ronnie, yeah, Pat's best Ronnie. friend. He's really funny too. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into more of him in a little bit, but like <laughs> those characters, a lot of, a few of those side characters and, uh, what's the guy's name? Randy, who De Niro bets with. Yeah. It's like these those side characters break up a lot of the tension that's happening with the main characters and they bring in those laughs. So I mean the cast is just is spectacular here. I'm I'm glad you brought up the cast because this was a really interesting point when looking at how this movie came together and there's so many different actors and actresses that were considered for these roles. So obviously I mean you have to love what Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence did in this i mean it was fantastic absolutely but apparently the movie was originally intended for vince vaughn and zoe de chanel i i feel like you may like this movie more if vince vaughn <laughs> was in the lead role i'm not gonna lie although i think it would be a worse movie for sure um uh, thoughts? I, <laughs> I mean here's here's what i'll say if vince vaughn were in this movie Right now, I would have already seen the movie 12 times. (laughs) Now, the movie would probably be half as good, but I would have seen it 12 times. It's just... Who who would Owen Wilson play? (laughs) Uh, Probably Ronnie, right? Yeah, either Ronnie or Danny. Or Or his brother. Or his brother, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, he's not in it enough, though. I don't know. Well, thankfully, Vince Vaughn uh, wasn't in it. And Mark Wahlberg was also considered for this, too. And uh, David O. Russell has collaborated with him on like four movies altogether. So, you know, that could have been something, too. But thankfully, David O. Russell was impressed with Bradley Cooper's performance in none other than Wedding Crashers. Oh, yeah. How can he not be? I mean, it's, 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 it might, it it might be, it might be the greatest like comedic villain of the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years, at least for us. What's crazy is because when you think of Bradley Cooper's career, there's no way in all seriousness, we'll get to Mount Rushmore in a bit later, but like in all seriousness, you're not like wedding crashers. That's the movie that makes me think of Bradley Cooper. Like now he's, he's been in so much more, but up until this point, you know, he, he had been in some yeah. other movies, but it was kind of Wedding Crashers like, and like The Hangover. Yeah, and and Wedding Crashers showed that he was able to to be more than this, just like happy go lucky, um, you know, fuck with my friends kind of actor. And right. I, I I guess that did enough for for David O. Russell, but thank God. But some of the other some of the other considerations here in the cast. I mean, listen to these names. So Anne Hathaway uh, was under consideration for. Tiffany Max, uh, Tiffany Maxwell. She was actually gonna do it, but um, there was some scheduling and creative differences. 
Um, so there's Anne Hathaway, Elizabeth Banks, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Blake Lively, Rachel McAdams. Speaking of wedding crashers, nuts. Um, I mean, there's just so many names here. Tons. Big names of of actors or actresses that could have been in this film. Yeah, and which is pretty insane. And then they settled on, I don't want to say settled, but then they chose Jennifer Lawrence, who ends up winning an Oscar for this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like She was 21. She was 21. 21. Se- second youngest person to win the Best Actress Oscar in history. But I think that's nuts. You named all those people. Probably close to 10 other women were considered for that role of Tiffany before Jennifer Lawrence. And Jennifer Lawrence just comes in and she's like, fuck you all. I have a chip on my shoulder. I'm going to murder this performance and win the Oscar and rub it in your face, Anne Hathaway. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) she's unbelievable in this. She's so good. And and also to think about that she was never comfortable or, you know, like that's, so what she had done before was like X-Men first class. That's probably like the biggest role that Jennifer Lawrence had done before. And then this kind of, you know, there was Hunger Games and American also. There's a lot more, but like, um, she she never played this like dark, uh, you know, mentally ill character before anything like that, and that's not what I mean. I don't know Jennifer Lawrence, but it's not what she seems like. At least when you, you know, when you watch her, it's just like I, at twenty one to be able to do. What the hell were you doing at twenty one? Not that. Uh, let me let me think. I was uh, sitting probably with you on our couch, senior yeah. year of college, uh, watching NFL Sunday with with the rest of our roommates just smoking um, a ton of weed just, just smoking a ton of weed <laughs> yeah. um and and being really sad about about my life at that point <laughs> that's but, that's why we are where we are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah but i mean jennifer lawrence like she has such range in the types of roles that she can do like as you said we saw her in x-men and, and hunger games um and then something like this which is totally different and she's just amazing so props to her really great stuff um so some information or some facts just about the making of this movie. It's actually adapted, so it's based off of a two, 2008 novel called The Silver Linings Playbook by Matthew Quick. And uh, David O. Russell said he rewrote the script like 20 times over the course of five years into making this. So, you know, lots of work obviously went into it, lots of rewrites. And he actually said, uh, O. Russell said, his version of the script, he was influenced by his own relationships with his family and his son, who also has bipolar disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder. So really interesting there. You always like when the writer can kind of really bring their own elements to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this movie was a massive success when it came out in November, 2012. Uh, I didn't even realize uh, November. Well, it's December now, but almost been a good anniversary pod. Oh. Um, Massive, massive success surpassed 236 million on a budget of 21 million, so over over 10 times its budget, which is incredible. Received eight Oscar nominations and only won one. But uh, if you if you look at who else was nominated that year, I guess it's understandable. But nominated for Best Picture, Best Director for a Russell, Best Actor for Cooper, Best Actress for Lawrence, which she won, Best Supporting for De Niro, Best Supporting for Jackie Weaver. Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Film Editing. And like half of those went to Argo with Ben Affleck, who may or may not come up later on this podcast. Um, And I mean, as good as De Niro was, Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained beat him that year. Like as good as Cooper was, Daniel Day-Lewis won for Lincoln that Mm. year. So like tough, tough year. But uh, this was my favorite movie of that year. Um, 
and I know you're a huge Django guy, so you may feel differently. But um, it's close. Yeah, I, it's close. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but fantastic movie. I love this so much. And and one more point to bring up, and I knew you would really like this component of the movie prior to watching it. Great real life NFL integration. Yeah. Like really good football facts and insights. So it takes place over the over the second half of the 2018 season uh, where the where the Eagles went to the NSV championship game and like all the games they talk about that are happening and like the scores they bring up. Those were real scores, I believe. Yeah, that's that's actually what happened. The, the order of the games as well, like uh, the Eagles having to beat the Giants, um, losing to the Giants, but then having to play the Cowboys in the last game of the year. That was all accurate in the schedule. I think they went to the NFC Championship game that year. Yeah. Um, which is it's, it's unbelievable because a lot of times like you watch these movies and it's like, you know, we're going to go root for the football team it's like they'll be like very generic because they're not going to have like an agreement or they're not going to support one particular team but that was like a core element of this movie and it kind of helped bring out some of that like humor and like lightheartedness too as part of it so i i really enjoyed that part yeah it was awesome um um yeah, so they play the Cowboys at the end. What do they win? Like forty-four to six or something. Like, something like the, that. Who was the Eagles' quarterback in two thousand eight? Do you know? I have no idea. It wasn't uh, Donovan McNabb anymore? He was gone, right? I think he was, but I'm trying to think of who was. Maybe it was McNabb still. No, was it? he was that. I know he was there at definitely in in two thousand and like 2004 2005 right i don't know what was the year they went to the super bowl and lost to the okay Patriots? so McNabb was there until 2009 oh so he was okay yeah nice was that like brian westbrook too oh that whole team Ooh. pretty Probably. crazy pretty crazy deshaun jackson was on that team uh, he gets a lot of airtime, man. Yeah, <laughs> tons. <laughs> His name is probably meant, said like in between five and ten times in this yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. So really great football stuff. I mean, the scene when they're at the game is really fun too. Um, but the way football is used as a theme in this movie to bring the Saul Tano family together is, is just a great addition and shows they're like diehard Philly fans and mm-hmm. all aspects. And that's so, Philly, right? Like they they are a definition Philly. of Philly there. So yeah. Oh, and the, and then um, um, Pat Senior wants to open up a cheesesteak place. It's like it's. I was just gonna say how that, much yeah. how much fillier can you get with this movie? It's <laughs> yeah. great. So it goes Rocky Silverlining's Playbook. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam, I have nothing else left to add about this movie. I love it so much. I'm so excited to dive in. Any other takes before we get into the categories? Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, Adam. Favorite scene from Silverlining's Playbook. What do you have? So you'll notice, and this is a theme with me for really good movies, when I watch them for the first time and I'm like trying to take notes during it as I am for this podcast, that you'll notice that a lot of the scenes are kind of front-loaded, like they're towards the beginning, and then I get really into the movie and I just can't take notes anymore. I'm just like glued to the screen. <laughs> Love it. Um, so you have to understand that, and then I come back in at the end. But um, when Pat comes home, sees his dad and and... Pat Sr. basically was like, I didn't even know you were coming out. Um, that was that was a crazy start. I was like, holy shit, there's some some familial issues like you mentioned. 
Um, and it's tense moment, like right off the bat. So I love it. I love that scene. And you kind of realize right away that maybe Pat shouldn't have been released from the hospital quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. You immediately get the doubt, which is great. Um, the, the dinner at Ronnie's place. Yeah. Love it. Meeting Tiffany and then walking her home. The fight in the attic um where you where you really see that like pat is just like his dad in a way and you can kind of see the similarities but also his uh his attempt to not be like his dad um, i thought was really interesting there's a great montage of like pat and tiffany dancing and like learning the routine and everything like uh-huh. i love montages man you know that um, Oh yes i'm right there with you <laughs> uh pat's dad so pat senior waking him up and just pouring his heart out, uh, which leads you to believe it was like 50% genuine, 50% he needed him for the Eagles game, (laughs) (laughs) which is great. The next one I have is what I call the parlay. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I love that. And then the dance competition. But uh, now that I pretty much named the entire movie, my, my favorite one is the fight in the attic. Um, super heavy moment, but I, I love every bit of it. Uh, all great additions. I, I don't need to list any others cause you list all, you listed all of mine. Um, so right. I, I, so I actually was not, I need your help here. I was not able to name a winner because I have like a three way tie right now. Okay. So I, ha- so I have the fight in the attic. I have the parlay and I have the dance. Uh, Probably like the final like ten minutes where it's where they like get to the dance until like the end of the movie, because mm-hmm. uh, I just find like that whole time I just can't stop smiling. So that part for sure, the parlay is amazing, and I think that's uh, Tiffany Jennifer Lawrence's like best moment of the movie too, where she just like shows the guns and she's just like fuck this like. I've had enough of this. She's amazing. De Niro's reaction to her too is it's like so funny. Unbelievable. Uh, Pat, what is, um, uh, Pat is like to his dad. Oh, so you like her now? And he's like, you know what? I think I do. <laughs> I think I do. You've got the face going right now. Yeah. Too, <laughs> uh, but then like the fight in the attic, as you said, it is, I love that scene so much. It's so intense and it's so sad. Um, and it's Pat reaching his breaking point too. And like, he hurts his mom and he doesn't mean to. And mm-hmm. like Pat senior comes up, he starts wailing on him. And like both of them are in total disarray. And, uh, a point, a part in that scene I really like too, is when Pat is standing there and he like curls up his hands towards his face and he like starts like screaming and closing his eyes. And it shows the flashbacks of his wife cheating on him. And just like that, yeah. this guy like is not healthy. Like he, he's not, quite ready to go out and take over the world yet or take on the world yet. So I don't know, man, those three scenes, uh, it's, man, it's tough. Yeah. It's I mean, so hard. Uh, I, th- I, I, I think I just said it to myself. I think it's the attic scene for me too. Yeah. That, uh, that it, internal struggle that Bradley yeah. Cooper is dealing with for, I mean, it's, it's only <clears throat> like five minutes maybe, but it's, it's really like the range that he goes from of emotion in just those couple minutes is like, textbook acting by bradley cooper yeah it's so tough i'm probably going that to going that one um oh i forgot i did forget to add i really like the scene when uh <clears throat> pat reads the 
supposed letter that Nikki wrote him when they're in the dance studio. Mm-hmm. I really like that too. And then he's, he kind of has a lot of trouble holding his emotions while he's reading it. And, uh, and then he has to leave. I like that one too, but attic for me, the, the physical and nonverbal acting of those two and the chemistry that they're able to have without even talking is so good, especially Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, she doesn't say a word when he's reading that thing and you can see her face. You can, you can feel like, I, you could sense that there's some guilt in there because she, she obviously wrote it. Yeah. Um, and I, as watching it the first time, I had a feeling there. But also, like, the sadness that was going through her without even saying a word. Um, that is a really good scene. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, it's a great one. I love it. So, yeah, Attic for both of us. Wow. There we I go. We're it. off to a hot start. So let's see if this, let's see if the second one is uh, as similar. I have a feeling we're going to have some differences here. But... Want you to take a scene and make it into a musical. What are you going with? Uh, so I'm taking the scene with Pat and Tiffany at the diner. Nice. And uh, which is a which is also a very good scene. Um, so they're sitting down. They order their hilarious orders. Um, and I think I have that as a trivia question. So I do too, but that sucks. That okay. Oh, okay. Oh no, I have it in best. I have well, I have it in best quote though. Actually, so I think I took it out of my oh, okay. trivia. But so they order their hilarious orders. And then it's essentially a back and forth of each person talking about why the other is is crazier than them. Um, and so Pat goes, listen up, Tiff. I know you've been hurt. Your husband is dead and you fucked everyone at work. <laughs> and then Tiffany's like, what? You think I'm crazy. What about you, Pat? What makes you so daisy? They bicker back and forth uh, again about who's crazier. And then Pat, you know, gets emotional, really opens up. Nikki. I miss her so much. I want to tell her that I'm better and that we can be together. And then Tiffany goes, better? You want to be better? Well, let me tell you, to Nikki, I can write a letter. And then Pat goes, really? You do that for me? (laughs) Tiffs goes, yes, I can do it because I trust you. And if anything, it's just another silver lining. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know me i gotta plug the title of the movie in there i somehow. know <laughs> but but i i feel it kind of makes sense because i have it where they're getting to the point of that scene where she offers to write him the letter so uh it's it's not your best writing and it's um, not it's not i've had better i've had better I've had but better. i mean it's definitely gonna be better than mine coming up here but that was um that's good. I like that scene. I wish you would have uh, incorporated some of like the bystanders in there because they're wearing hilarious costumes. In oh there yeah, too. they are. They are. Oh, because it's Halloween that night. It's that's Halloween. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, what do you got? But, but that's good. So mine, <laughs> I took the, uh, the. We just talked about it, but the parlay, nice. that scene, and so it, it's like somewhat musical um, ish, I guess. So it starts out with Pat Senior losing a bet to Randy. Um, and all of Pat's fan- friends and family are around. Everyone's there. Um, but it starts out in like spoken word. It's like, here you go, Randy. You win fair and square. Randy's like, ah, I hate taking money from you, Pat. And then like the friends and family start to like, they're all scattered, but now they like start to join in, like come together surrounding them. Like they're just like in a circle. And it's like, yeah, yeah, prove it. And then like, everyone else like one character at a time is like jumping in with like a different bet like the first guy's like equals minus three equals minus five (laughs) (laughs) 
Eagles minus 10. <laughs> and then how about a parlay? A parlay? A parlay. Eagles minus 10 and Pat Tiffany five plus points. My Pat, your Pat. Fine. Done. And then there's like a long pause. Um, just like a lot of back and forth, long pause. And then like all the friends and family join in, arms around each other. We're going to do a parlay. We're going to win a parlay. They're doing some high kicks at that moment. No, exactly. Like That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then it's just they just fade off into the distance. <laughs> I like it. That's great. That's perfect. The Sets high kicks are essential, well. though. Oh, you need the high kicks. If they're gonna have their arms around each other, like <laughs> they need the high kicks. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that's great. Well, an- another another part of us being uh, showing our future as musical directors. So go. moving on, Adam. Uh, this movie does have some some really good quotes, as we were just talking about. What are some of your favorites and your favorite? Um, yes, it's great. So there's, you know what I will do? I'll apologize on behalf of Ernest Hemingway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, since when do cops have cards? (laughs) Which uh, I said the same exact thing out loud. I was like, why does that cop have a card? (laughs) Does, does Pat say that? Pat says it. Yeah. That's really funny. (laughs) Um, Deshaun Jackson is the man. (laughs) You have poor social skills. You have a problem. It was very matter of fact. I think these are like all bad. He's got a fucking problem. He's got a... <laughs> um, Tommy would never do it. Well, Tommy's dead, so he's not going to fucking do it. <laughs> all those moments where Pat just says, like, oh, your husband's dead. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Those are just, those are insane. He doesn't so have funny. a filter at all. Um, <laughs> black it up, Pat. Which is uh, Danny saying that. I love it. Um, and then the last one in my winner, and I have a feeling it's going to be one of your favorites too, but, and then when I'm angry, which is a lot these days, I go to the garage, Metallica, <laughs> Megadeth. <sighs> I start fucking smashing shit. Ronnie. <laughs> You know, he's like, I hit something. I, I hurt my hand. Yeah. Pat, Pat's like, you probably should be doing that, dude. Yeah. He's like, no, but that, but but that's my, but that's how I relieve stress. Or, but like, that's my meditation. Yeah. Metallica, <laughs> make it. <Jack. sighs> he, um, they're like fighting, and then all of a sudden, he's just like, he gives them the iPad or the iPod, and he's yeah. just like, how many songs is that? Seven thousand. <laughs> And they're like going through like sex pistols. Yeah, got the clash. <laughs> like, yeah, I love that. That's so funny that interaction. That is a that is a really great moment. I didn't have the one written down actually, but that is so funny. <laughs> so is that your winner? What's That's your my winner? winner. I, I nice. thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so I actually have quite a few you didn't mention. So I got, um, Mom, can we stop the library? I want to read Nikki's entire high school syllabus. It's a good thing. I'm remaking myself. <laughs> you look nice. I'm not flirting with you. You look nice. <laughs> um, I don't even have a phone. They think I'm going to call Nikki. Don't worry about it. Well, I would call Nikki. <laughs> yeah. You're married? So am I. No, that's confusing. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh, this one's great. It's the one throwback Robert De Niro moment in the movie. 
I'm going to come over and break that camera over your head and come back and interview you and about what it's like to have that camera broken over your head. <laughs> that I is think very he says Robert fucking Nero. camera. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is very raisin esque. Or uh, throwback De Niro. My next one, I, I started to say the word raisin as I was saying this other one. So why'd you order raisin bran? Why'd you order tea? Because you ordered raisin bran. <laughs> and then I had black it up, Pat. Black it up? <laughs> you know damn well what that means. Um, at the end, you let me lie to you for a week. I was trying to be romantic. <laughs> and then, uh, my quote of the movie is actually a small little graph that I'm going to read. Uh, it's by, it's by Pat senior at the scene right at the end of the dance when Pat goes to talk to Nikki and Tiffany is like so heartbroken and she walks out and then Pat comes back and he's like, where's Tiffany? And Pat Sr. is like, she left. And then Pat's like, what do you mean? And then Pat Sr. says this. He goes, let me tell you, I don't know what, I know you'd want to listen to your father. I didn't listen to mine. And I'm telling you, you got to pay attention this time. When life reaches out at a moment like this, it's a sin if you don't reach back. I'm telling you, it's a sin if you don't reach back. It'll haunt you for the rest of the days like a curse. You're facing a big challenge in your life right now at this very moment right here. That girl loves you. She really, really loves you. I don't know if Nikki ever did, but she sure as hell doesn't love you right now. So don't fuck this up. I love that. That is so good. And I think I I love that because, again, like, it's so cliche. You know, the, the, the wise parent saying, hey, you got to go after this girl. But the way it's delivered, I mean, it's part of it is the writing, but also Robert fucking De Niro being it's a, incredible. A it's a boss. Yeah. It's a that's an amazing De Niro scene, and then they hug it out, and it's just like I. That's like a small little moment in the movie. I, I fucking love that. Um, so that's my quote of the movie. That whole little section from Bob De Niro. I love Bob it. De- Apparently, the uh, they did like a couple different takes and a couple different ways to to write that scene, and they didn't know how like lovable or hard hard on his son rdn should be and um, not slapping him around a little bit like fucking get her (laughs) yeah you know he's just trying to get back to those old uh godfather ways but no i think i think what they ended up doing was perfect and it's perfect oh de niro baby um all right let's let's move on to the camera here give me your best shots in the movie all right so i have two and it's a tie. I could not decide which one I like more because I really, really love both of these shots. Um, so my first one is <clears throat> Pat in his first therapy session with Dr. Cliff. And he's just sitting in the chair. And all of a sudden, like, the camera slowly shows his hand. And it shows that he still has his wedding ring on. Oh, uh, it's I so, love it. Yeah, that one. It's such, like, a subtle camera shift. But it it tells so much, you know, like the fact this guy still has his wedding ring on and his marriage is clearly over. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's a great shot. Tells the shot of a thousand words right there, really. Um, and then my second one is when Pat comes back from. It's during the the dance montage when him and Tiffany are constantly practicing, and it's a scene when he comes back home from dancing and he just plops onto the bed. He's so tired and you see all of the the books in Nikki's syllabus that he's trying to read. They all just flop to the floor and like he doesn't even notice or he doesn't even look. And I just think that's a really good one too in a similar way that the first one is because it, 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 it tells a lot. Like it tells that Pat is 
moving on from this. He's mm-hmm. not thinking about Nikki and her books and her syllabus winning her back. He's thinking about Tiffany and, and the dancing and how exhausted he is from it. Um, so I, in, in a similar way, it tells a lot about what Pat's going through. So I like both of those. What about you? Well, is this the second category where you don't have a clear-cut winner here? I guess not. I don't have... Well, I decided on my clear-cut winner for the scene, but this I have a tie. I can't choose. Go. I can't choose. So for me, I originally only had one, and the original one I had was the one you were talking about in the therapist with the with the wedding ring, zooming in mm-hmm. on his knuckles. I noticed that right away. I was like, this is, yeah. is going to be a good movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's that. There's also the book flying out the window. I thought that was pretty creative when oh, he that is good. chucked out the Hemingway book. Um, yeah. And then another one I really like was um, that uh, that doucher comes to like basically just hook up with Tiffany, <laughs> and she's hiding behind the corner where the door is. That is a good shot, and you can see like her, but also you see the shot of of Pat just talking shit to this guy, telling him to fuck off, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was just like a pretty interesting view. Um. But I don't think it told as much as the one in the therapy session. And so that's my winner. Yeah. I mean, all, all really good shots, but yeah, that one in the therapy session is huge. Um, Adam, moving on to, to movie farts. Uh, I don't, this was really hard for me, this category. I don't think of this movie as being very gassy. Um, but, but there were a couple small ones that stood out to me, but what stood out to you? I only had one. And going back to that book, how did that paperback book break the window like that? must have a hard-ass cover on it i guess but it looked like a pretty floppy book but i mean he's an eagles fan he probably grew up throwing a football he's got an arm so maybe was, that was, was it but yeah, i was gonna say i mean philly's fan too you never know maybe he played high school baseball yeah be a pitcher you know, there you go <laughs> throwing that book 60 miles an hour at a window i guess that'll do it yeah or the windows are made of shit glass you never know all possibilities but i thought that was minor gas but yeah uh, that was the only gas. one i had only one yeah so i have two very minor ones also uh, my first one is um how does danny know where pat's family lives he just like shows up like pat gets home that one day and it's and it's the second time we see danny and danny's like sitting on the couch watching the eagles game with yeah. pat senior how does danny know where pat lives like i guess maybe they exchanged that you know their family's home addresses while they were in the hospital together but like yeah that doesn't seem likely danny just like shows up and pat's <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing here so yeah. i mean that's part of danny's character that he just shows up and i love it yep um but it's like how does he know where to go so that's one and then um another one and this this one is really really minor and i've noticed this a few times when i've watched this movie in the past as well um in the scene after the dance before like the big kiss at the end when Pat is chasing Tiffany like down the street. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but so there's a shot of like him chasing her and it's from both of their backs and he's behind. So he's closest to the camera and then she's out ahead. That like the shot of them running looks very awkward (laughs) and it it looks like, it looks like they're like barely moving. Uh, Like people, Listeners can't really see me right now, but it just looks like they're like just doing like this. <laughs> like if you will, if you watch back for it, you'll probably notice now. But it looks like they're barely moving, and yet they're supposed to be like running pretty quickly. Um, well, she hasn't. Is she in heels? 
Or doesn't no, she, she take them off? Dancing shoes? Yeah, she might have been wearing dancing shoes. Doesn't she take them off? I don't Probably. know, but it, like, it doesn't even look like they're jogging. It looks like they're like, <laughs> they're like barely running in place. And it's just like that's like actually poor camera work, I think, in that section. <laughs> but that might not even be a fart. Maybe like just you know we do our ode to the camera. Like that's like worst shot of the movie. I don't know, but that's one thing I've actually noticed in the past. It like doesn't even look like they're like running. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But I'm tempted to just watch the whole entire movie just so I can see that part again and <laughs> and lose my shit. I will. Uh, I'll tell you what. When we after the pod, I'm gonna go back on Netflix and find that part of the movie, and I'll tell you exactly what time it's at, and I'll just be like, "Go watch that exact moment on Netflix, and you'll know." What okay. I'm about. Oh, that's great. Um, I might just do that during. <laughs> I might do it during the break right now. So let's uh, do it. Let's take a couple minutes. Uh, let's listen to a, a quick word from our sponsor and come back for our next segment. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Bailout. People, we've all been there. Whether it's a lame party, a boring dinner, or a first date gone wrong, we've all been in a spot where the only thing we want to do is get out of there. Well, with Bailout, now you can. Bailout is an app that will call you and provide a fake emergency granting you a much-needed get-out-of-jail-free card. Simply log on to the app and specify a code word. Bailout will do the rest. As soon as your phone hears that word, the app will trigger an immediate emergency response, calling you within minutes. And, for $2 a month, you can customize your own emergency messages, making them all the more believable. It's that easy. Download Bailout today and enter promo code BUTTERLESS for two free months of premium. Bail out your personal golden ticket. Welcome back to the show. We're talking Silver Linings Playbook, and I just uh, watched that scene that, <laughs> that you were talking about, Brett. And it's it, that's a real big fart. That looks really weird. Like it's a big fart. I think it's a camera fart. Like it's a problem that like from the crew. Yeah, they're just like it. They're blatantly not actually running in real life. Um, yeah. nobody runs like that it's just that's no that's hilarious i uh i highly recommend everyone watch that part <laughs> um anywho let's get into our next segment let's kick it yes, off with please. the biggest a all there's a few in here but who do you have all right so uh i think there is a clear winner but i have three nominees so i'll do my first two and then i'll end with my winner so my first nominee is uh jake pat's brother uh, so he ends up being good in the end. But the first scene we see him uh, is one of the biggest like douche moments in this movie mm-hmm. where he's like talking about how well he's doing and he's making partner at the firm and he's making money. And he's just flat out like, I don't know what to say, Pat. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to tell you that. Like, I'm doing really good in my life. Like really big dick in that moment, even yeah. though he ends up being really good. So not many for that. My second nominee is Randy. Um, Tiffany calls him out on it too, which I love. She's like, you know, you act all nice. You've been beating my father in bets for years and you act all sad when you beat us, but you love it. Like Ah. you love ruining our lives and stealing from us. So um, nominee there too. Guy's kind of a dick, but my winner by far and away is uh, the cop officer key Kehoe or whatever his name is. Keog. I don't know. It's a weird spelling. Uh, That guy's a dick. Because he starts off okay. Like, he just wants to make sure Pat sticks to his restraining order. 
Very fair. Absolutely. But when he asks out Tiffany after finding out that oh, she's yeah. Tommy's husband, and Tommy was obviously his colleague because Tommy was a cop too. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you want to get a drink sometime? And he just like finds out that that was his, probably his friend slash colleague's wife. That's the biggest douche moment of the movie. And for me, it just like trumps everything else. Uh, so I'm, I'm going that cop. Wow. I mean, that's a very valid point. I didn't even think of him in this category, but that one instance alone is, is terrible. Um, so I had two of the same ones. Actually, no, I only had one of the same ones. I had three other nominees. So, Oh, wow. Nice. Randy was the one that, um, (laughs) Randy sucks. (laughs) Does suck. Uh, I wouldn't call him the biggest asshole. I just would never want to hang out with the guy. Never. Um, Ever. Like when when we used to have that category, who would you want to be friends with? Like not Randy's movie. Randy is like the worst of the worst. It's yeah. a perfect name too, but like fucking Randy. Yeah. Um I put Pat. Just yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a dick. Uh I put Nikki. I mean she Ooh, fucks nice. some guy. Yeah, <laughs> Nikki sucks. She cheated on her husband, yeah. And same with uh Culpepper. <laughs> that guy's kind of a dick too. Which guy's Culpepper? Oh, that's the guy who she cheated on him with. Yeah. Oh, what a dick. Yeah. When he's in the shower and he's like, I think you should leave. Yeah. Well, fuck that oh, guy. What no, you ass. should leave, dude. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like he gets the sympathy vote because he got the shit kicked out of him. But yeah. my winner actually is Pat Sr. Really? Um, yeah. So wow. he, he has that moment at the end, obviously. But Pat, Pat has a lot of Pat Sr. in him and he has pretty much all of his bad qualities. Yeah. Um, you know, he may not be like diagnosed bipolar, but, um, his, his inability to like pick the right things to care about. And, um, you know, Pat senior really, he does things for like all the wrong reasons really. Right. And, uh, I mean, he's kind of like the, the epicenter of all of the struggles of that family. And so I put it on him. I mean, he gets a little bit at the end, you know, he obviously he makes up for it, but um too much harm was done so he's my biggest asshole that's a really good argument for biggest asshole i didn't even consider pat senior um but pretty convincing I it's also say. de niro so i mean de niro naturally is kind of like a little edgy yeah, douchey you know def- definitely is uh no that was that was terrific adam um so tell me if silver linings playbook was placed in the eyes of another character not pat uh, who would it be, and how would the plot unfold? I don't think we've talked about her at all, but mine would be Dolores. I chose Dolores too. Ah, damn it! Uh, it's yeah. been a while since we chose the same person, but I know she's great, though. I'm happy we both chose her. She's like a really underrated character in this movie, I think. A hundred percent. So I have that Dolores. You know, she marries her best friend and football soulmate Patrizio. I love it, uh, Patrizio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's called Pat. Sorry. Yeah. Um, she realizes that her husband is a hothead with unhealthy hobbies, we could call it. But she finds solace in her two boys, Pat Jr. and Jake. She cares deeply for both of them, but fears Pat Jr. is slowly becoming his father. She wrestles with her conscience to steer him the other way while trying to avoid blatantly insulting her husband in doing so. And so Dolores is just fighting this constant battle on her own until she meets Tiffany. And Tiffany is like her way out. She entrusts Tiffany and um, tasks her with with uh, bringing out the best in Pat Jr. 
Oh, wow. I like that. That's good. That's yeah. better than mine. It's a, uh, I mean, Dolores, she goes on a journey on her own. So she goes on, she definitely does. Um, so wait, in your version, does Dolores befriend Tiffany or it's just like, she's trusting that Tiffany will take care of Pat or like help Pat. She's like befriending her. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. So yeah. Well, here's mine. I think yours is better. So I have Dolores too. Um, Dolores is in a world of hurt. Uh, her husband, Pat Sr., recently lost his job and has become a bookmaker. Uh, her son, Jake, while a successful lawyer, doesn't come around much. And Pat has just been released from a mental health facility, is in a rough place as well. So the men in Dolores' life are either distant from her or extremely unhappy, and it's causing her a world of pain. Uh, the family is as tight as ever on money, obviously, right now, and uh, Dolores just doesn't know what to do. But she just tries to fight to keep the family strong during this transitionary period while battling her own inner demons of self-doubt and not knowing the future. So kind of similar. Yeah, that is This was a little more specific, yeah. No, I'm a fan. I, I think... Um... Actually, we'll get to this in the in the next. I have a someone replacing Jackie Weaver, but we'll get to that in a sec. But I think there's so much potential with Dolores in this role. So I'm really happy we both chose him. Actually, we've had a lot of similarities thus far. We have, yeah. But no, I, she's great. Um, definitely an overlooked character here, but she she's money in a lot of scenes and even like uh, nonverbal acting too. I just I don't know the scenes where she cries. I I really like that too, and it's really intense and, and emotional. So yeah. Jackie yeah, Weaver, she, well done. She feels like a mom, but right, also does, like yeah. a very prominent character. Like even if she wasn't the mom, she would be like a very prominent character, but she brings that mom aspect to it too. It's like you feel so much when you see her. It's great. I um, love it, yeah. Okay, so switching gears, um, and I, I kind of gave a spoiler for mine, but which actor or actress would you like to see replace one of the stars in the movie? Um. You're going to love this. I have, uh, and I, I love this person so much, uh, but I just, I, I was curious how this would go the other way. Uh, I have Chris Walken replacing Bobby D as Pat senior. Oh my God. Do explain. <laughs> <clears throat> so Chris Walken has a, has a lot of this, a lot of similar mannerisms, uh, and character traits as Bobby D in a lot of the films. And a lot of the films he's in. Um, but specifically for this movie, I think he could be an interesting fit for Pat Sr. Because he can bring kind of a, a, at times, like a tougher guy persona. But he's more of a sentimental tough guy than Bobby D is in most movies. But Robert De Niro, a lot of the time, you know, he's famous for his really intense persona and like his violent nature at times where Chris Walken, if we're talking like how he is in catch me if you can, mm -hmm. like he's a confident man, but he is kind of insecure at times and he wants what's best for his family. But his mind is like kind of in the wrong place all of the times. And it shows how sad he gets when he's losing money. So I feel like that really similar character arc. So like, you know, Pat, <laughs> I didn't know that you were coming home. <laughs> Your mother, she didn't tell me. <laughs> But your I'm mother. happy you're home, son. Happy you're home. <laughs> She's so stubborn. <laughs> She's so stubborn. Your mother. Jack Barnes. Uh, Hawaii? Where are you going, Frank? 
Pat, no, but- sit down. We got the Eagles on. Sit down, Pat. <laughs> no, I could. I don't know. I could just see it. And then at the end, he's like, "I didn't listen to my father. You don't want to listen to yours, but that girl, she loves you. And it's a sin if you don't reach back. So don't fuck this up." I could just kind of see it. I don't know. I, was see <laughs> I love it. a little I Marlon kinda, Brando in there too. It's great. Um- <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't talking like this. <laughs> Cinnamon Ofer can't refuse. I don't know. I, oh, I'm just, I, was, I don't know. Yeah. Who do you have here? Uh, no, I actually really like that. But then you do need to have Vince Vaughn uh, replace Bradley oh Cooper. My then, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a, that, that's that. I don't even, that's a different movie. Like, that's just not like, no, that. that is yeah. totally different movie. Um, <laughs> that is funny, though. So I, I just mentioned it, but I'm replacing Jackie Weaver as Dolores. And the actress I'm using is Frances McDormand. Oh yeah, I love Frances McDormand. Give I know. me some Frances McD, baby. Exactly. She's uh, I think she can bring that like Philly grit. Oh yeah. You know, she's like hard ass, but also like huge heart type of thing. Um. Yes. Yeah. I, she, that is really good. The only the only qualm I would have with that is that Frances McDormand in like every movie she's in. She's like the toughest person in the room. Right. So like and and I know um uh uh Dolores in this movie Jackie Weaver like her character is tough. Like she's not some like, you know, typical like house mother role. Like she's 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 tough, but Frances McDormand is the type who would like if Pat's fucking up or if Pat senior is fucking up, she'll like get in their face and just like stick it to him. Or like the scene in the attic yeah. Like she would be beating the no, shit out of everybody. Shit. Yeah. yeah. So, the, but like other than that though, like she, the, I, I think that's really good. That's really good that she would definitely bring the grit to be Mrs. Saltano. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping for like a little Fargo um, yeah. where she's like reserved, but also in a way very skeptical of everything that's going on and then not afraid to just call it out when she sees it. Sure. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot more grit. There's a lot more, fury you can call it from from francis but uh actually if you throw francis mcdormand along with christopher walken that's a hell of a family that's not bad honestly but you know what though those like that could work because christopher walken i could see as the more passive one whereas mcdormand could would be the more aggressive one Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously their roles would be different but like knowing what we know about them and, and what their skills are as performers that could work Silver Linings Playbook Part 2 with Francie McDee and Chris Walken. And Vince Vaughn as Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Can't forget that. And Chris Tucker can still be in it, though. Chris, Yeah, absolutely. Chris Tucker's in it. Can't forget him. Um, Adam, moving on. I'm so happy that you put this person's name in here, and I'm so happy that I get to ask you this question to hear your two cents first. Would Silver Linings Playbook be better or worse with Ben Affleck in it? Baffleck himself. Baffleck. Uh, this one was actually super easy for me. And the reason it was easy is because at first I thought about the role that he would play. And then I figured whether or not it would fit really nicely or not. And so my answer is worse. Um, it's definitely worse. And so the reason is... My Affleck role, if he was in this movie, he would be like the friend, like Goodwill Hunting, like the friend to try to coach Pat to, you know, find 
make the right decisions, get out of his funk, you know, all of that stuff. But that is not what makes this movie so good. And I think it makes it significantly worse is because the movie is so good because Bradley Cooper and Pat able to find himself and grow on his own pretty much and just Mm -hmm. discover his own path. Now he's got the help of Tiffany for sure. And, you know, a little help along the way from others, but it's really Pat's story there. And so I, I thought Affleck interfering and intervening in a lot of it would uh, would kind of get in the way. So as, as much as I love Baffleck, it's a hard no for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I was considering having him play Jake. Okay. Maybe as like, you know, uh, do we know which brother is older, by the way? I think Jake is older, right? See, I assume actually that uh, that Pat was. And Pat's because he's Pat named Pat after senior, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, yeah. It was hard to tell, but um, I, Shea Wingham though, who plays Jake, is excellent. He does a really good job. Yeah. Uh, I and I can't really see as hard much as I tried to picture like where Ben Affleck could fit. Like, I don't see him as as Pat because he just has a different energy than Bradley Cooper does in this. He's you know. Uh, Cooper masters like the anxious twitchiness and aggressiveness needed for this role. Yep. Where Affleck, I feel like, is just too smooth for it. Yeah. Uh, so, so Jake is the smoother brother of the two for sure. But um, based off of what we know about Jake, like I just don't see him as this like kind of suave guy like Affleck is. You know, like Shea Wingham looks like you know, like the attorney who like goes to Philly's games and like, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of, I agree with you. I just don't really see where Affleck fits in here. So I say worse. Affleck's good at being like a pompous, like arrogant prick in a way, you know, but like he doesn't, you're right. He would like, part of him would be like, go Eagles, baby. Like fuck everything. Fuck my law firm. Like, let's go. (laughs) You know, he's blue collar guy, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, (laughs) I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Damn, so I, uh, I have to be on the same page with that. I I wish we were able to find a, a role for him, but we but we can't. So let's let's get into some trivia. Let's do um, it. I have three questions. I'll start with my first. Um, actually, scratch that. I mean, I'll ask it anyway. But we already answered it. But what what does Pat order for dinner at the diner? Raisin bran. Yeah, there you go. So um, that was a bust. But but you go ahead with your first one. All right, my, well, we've talked about this one like a million times, or not a million, but we we did we talked about it already. But whatever, I guess my first one's a bus too. Uh, whose jersey did Pat wear to the dinner party? <laughs> to Sean Jackson. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I love how much Veronica hates it too. <laughs> oh, she hates it so much. I love the scene when I going to bring this up. Speaking of Veronica, when Pat's going on a run and he sees Ronnie for the first time, and Ronnie's like, "Why don't you come over for dinner?" And Pat's like, "I don't want to." Like. Veronica yeah. hates me or it's like I think Veronica hates me and Ronnie's like Veronica doesn't hate you and Pat's like I know Veronica hates me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she hates the jersey it's so good it's great um so my second one is actually shortly after that but what subject did Pat used to teach history nice and he was a substitute yeah that's right <laughs> Uh, wasn't the guy Culpepper, wasn't he also a history teacher? He was like the head history teacher or something like that. Yeah. Sure. Dick. Yeah. Um, what is 
Pat's motto for for his way of life. Excelsior. Nowadays. Yes. <laughs> the the Very state uh, seal of New York or whatever. Yes. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Is that real? Is that like a thing or did they make that up for the movie? I mean, everything else seems to be accurate. So I assume that that is too, but that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, I only have one more. Okay. What mall did Tommy go to for Tiffany's lingerie the night he died? What mall? Yeah. Well, I know he went to Victoria's Secret. Yeah. Or like, where was it? Like what city or what town? Was it uh, uh, Darby? No, it was uh, King of Prussia. Whoa. King of Prussia Mall. Damn, that's a good one. Yeah. Fuck. That's all all I got. You beat me there. Um, I have two more for you. Okay. I'll leave these on you. These are a little more difficult, my first ones. Uh, So this first one, um, what song irritates Pat and why does it irritate him? Uh, Well, it's the wedding song and it was playing when... When Nikki was fucking Culpepper. So yes. Uh, yes. that's part B of the question. Um, I don't know the name of the song. Uh, it's My Sharia Moore by Stevie Wonder. Damn it. Okay. Yes. That's rough. And uh, so my last one is, it's also another two-part question. Sorry. Um, how did Tiffany lose her job? Or well, so that's the first part of the question. All right. Well, I mean, she fucked everyone. <laughs> yes. And so, but part two of the question is, how many people did she have sex with in the office? Twelve? Eleven? 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 Yes, eleven? 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 Oh, I'll, give it, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. It was I'll between those you. two, but yeah, <laughs> she fucked eleven people. And then uh, Pat was like, "That's a lot," <laughs> or something like that. Were any of them women? Yeah. Yeah. She sit on your lap. <laughs> oh, yeah. tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. That's what's. Oh my god. Well, t- we could talk about Bradley Cooper all day, but <laughs> yes. See, like Ben Affleck is not doing that. No, he's like, yeah. She. Uh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> What's she wearing? <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't, yeah, I fucked her yesterday. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> Everyone fucked her. <laughs> oh my god. All right, um, Adam, let's take a, a quick break before we get into our final segment. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Keep It Flowing Till You Can't Flow No More, the newest dancing video game for the whole family to enjoy. Stuck inside during the pandemic and are unsure on how to approach those few hours between dinner and bedtime? Don't look now. But keep it flowing till you can't flow no more has you covered. The game combines the quick footwork of Dance Dance Revolution with the interface of Guitar Hero or Rock Band, where all you do is hold the controller and dance the night away. And here's the catch. There's no guided dance routine for you. You have to be your own choreographer and make up the steps as you go. Go online at keepitflowingtillyoucan'tflownomore.org and use the promo code NOBUTTER. That's N-O-B-U-T-T-E-R for your free trial with Keep It Flowing So You Can't Flow No More. So what are you waiting for? Get your behind off the couch and dance the night away with Keep It Flowing So You Can't Flow No More. I sure will. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, segment three, the final segment of this episode with Silver Linings Playbook. Adam, what is your plot what if for this movie? What if Nikki just confessed her love to Pat after the dance? Like, 
just got on the microphone or something. I was just like, I have something to say. <laughs> and was just like all in on Pat. Like what, what happens there? Um, you know, I'm being optimistic here, but at this point in the movie, Pat loves Tiffany. So I know that would be so hard for him to like comprehend, but, uh, you know, in, in that scene, at the end, when he walks up to her and like he talks to her, and then he whispers something in her ear, and I love this. I love that we don't know what he whispers; that we're left to assume what he's telling her there. But I assume what he's telling her is like, you know, hey, I'm all good. Like, I'm not interested in you. Like, let's drop this restraining order, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but since he loves Tiffany at this point, I mean, the letter he gives her, he wrote it a week ago. Sure. So, I think if that happens. He's out. I think. I think she fucked him. She didn't fuck him. Uh, she, she fucked, fucked Cold Pepper. <laughs> Cold Pepper. But she fucked him. Uh, you know, figuratively, so so hard that he's just he's done, and he's his mind is in a much better place now that he knows that he can move on from her. What do you think? It's close. I don't know if he's strong enough, honestly, at this point. Like, I think he is. Um, he's really close to being strong enough, and the fact that he was able to get closure through, I think that was the key was, was Pat being able to get closure with Nikki. But if Nikki, like before that even happened, if that doesn't happen, that whispering conversation, instead she gets up and, and confesses her love. I think it's, I think it's really troubling for Pat. Um, You know, ultimately I'm sure he finds his way. I'll be the optimist here too, but I think it takes a lot longer. He doesn't just say like, no, thank you. He kind of wrestles with it. Like uh, along came Polly when, uh, yeah, what's her Takes face her back and back, then yeah. realizes that he doesn't want her. Yeah, that bitch. Yeah. Fuck the Lisa, scuba instructor. Yeah. yeah, oh, Lisa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what's the scuba? Yeah. S- scuba Steve. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So what's what's your what if? Um, What if Pat and Tiffany don't score a five at the dance? How does the movie end? Like, Oof. what happens there? I mean, I'll tell you who's <clears throat> not happy is Bobby D. Oh, he's... <laughs> Fucked. Um, the whole family's probably pissed off. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I guess I would say that he runs off with Pat runs off with Tiffany and has a pretty strained relationship with his family for a period of time. Yeah, I mean, definitely goes a different route rather than them celebrating on the dance floor and everyone being like, why are they so happy about five? Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the movie would probably end where they are all like so distraught and unhappy, but, um, it ends with kind of like an uplifting point where Pat and Tiffany, I don't even know if they still end up together, but like Pat realizes like that he's grown from this whole experience. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So, um, some sort of spin like that. But Bobby D is fucked, and Randy is <laughs> yeah. happy as a kid in a candy store. I think he gets killed. I think. I think someone <laughs> does. Bobby D put a hit on Randy. <laughs> Randy's dead. <laughs> Randy. Oh God. Oh man. <laughs> it gets dark after that. But yeah. Oh my God, that is so funny. Um. That. Okay, so definitely a very different route that that movie would take. But uh, speaking of which, our next topic is actually just redoing the whole movie in a completely different genre. So what genre would you choose, and then what would the plot be? 
So I chose courtroom drama. Ooh. Uh, you know, we're feeling like a little few good men or my cousin Vinny here. Um, so the central plot of the film is Pat being on trial for nearly killing Culpepper. He's facing up to 10 years in prison for, uh, I don't know what, what it would be like, aggressive manslaughter, or not manslaughter, because he would kill him. It would be like assault like, and battery. Like, yeah. cra- like crazy assault and battery where like Culpepper is like, you know, still alive, but he's like paralyzed or something, like intense brain damage, like really terrible stuff. So Pat's on trial, and that is like happening throughout the movie. Uh, and he he's... He still has this new can-do attitude because... So the film begins with him being released from the hospital, but it's like, okay, you get released from the hospital, now your trial begins. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's happening. He has this new attitude. Immediately goes on trial, and during all this, he connects with Tiffany, reconnects with his dad, trying to build himself back up. But this trial is like the ongoing thing. Um, I don't know who his lawyer is. Maybe it's his brother. Actually, oh. that might be good if it's his brother. Not um, Joe Pesci? <laughs> not Joe Pesci. So Joe Pesci, so Joe Pesci and Bobby D are in this movie. So is this Goodfellas all over again? Oh, my God. Um, yes. And then I told you, Randy dies. So <laughs> Pesci puts a hit on <laughs> Randy. So, yeah, courtroom drama. Um, Pat on trial for nearly killing the guy who fucked his wife. I love it. I love I eat up courtroom drama and like court scenes. Me too. I like I, them a it, lot. I don't know why, but like they're the suspense that goes with it too. Um, that would be really good. Would it be like phone booth where like 99% of the movie takes place in that courtroom? Like it's just one setting. No, I'd probably say it's more similar to, to like how my cousin Vinny is. It's like a lot of it is in the courtroom and then it's like, okay, uh, go do your thing. Next day is tomorrow, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Except Pat's not in prison during all this. Like he, he's back home with his parents, uh, has like his, um, has his restraining order. Maybe he's got a, um, what's it called? One of those uh, things like on his ankle ankles. bracelet. Yeah. Like an ankle <laughs> bracelet. Yeah. Um, so they, but like they're going to the court courthouse, like, you know, every other day or something. And it's like every other scene or like every third scene is, is a courtroom scene. Something like nice. that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be really interested in that. I like it. Yeah. Um, so mine would be, it's pretty simple. It's a psychological thriller. And um, the, only, the only thing I put here is that Nikki isn't real. Ooh, nice. I love that. I know, I know. You know I love that. Is Chris I, Nolan directing I, this or David oh, Fincher maybe? Oh, it has to be Finch. The, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, like that thought popped into my head a couple times during the movie. I was like, there's a chance this guy is really crazy and Nikki doesn't exist. And I was like, and the, that is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that's how actually it would, it would be. And then, um, you know, it'd be his struggle with it. But yeah, one of those classic Nolan Fincher flicks there where, uh, got some schizophrenia going on and you got to wrestle with reality. I love it. So is he actually like still in the hospital this whole time? Like is the last scene like him, like in a, in a straight jacket or something like, Nikki, Nikki, and he's like in one of those padded rooms, like Nikki, and you find out like the whole thing was a was just a dream or like a hallucination or something. Uh, I mean, it's pretty good. I hate that, by the way. I hate when it's like everything was a dream. Like, oh right, no, yeah. like, um, 
but I do really like that visual of him in, in, in the padded room just yeah. <laughs> or or as or as probably what you were more thinking uh is just like Nikki's not real and I guess that no one knows how to tell him that Nikki's not real or I don't know. Yeah, it's it like could go either way really. It's a good idea. Um either that or Tiffany's not real. Either either one. Oh man. Is anyone real? Is Bobby D real? Like Bobby D's fucking real. <laughs> Pat, your dad died sixteen years ago. Like something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Fell down the, the escalator <laughs> truck. <laughs> Grand Central Station broke his neck. You're gonna eat that chocolatey clear, Carl. You're gonna eat that chocolatey clear. Why you say something like that? <laughs> Um, too much uh, catch me if you can't hear for for my liking, but it's it's, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> just, just accept it. Um, Adam, does Silver Linings Playbook make the round, the Mount Rushmore for anyone involved with the film? It does. Um, I'll give I'll give my first. Um, I'll kick it back over to you, but I'll start with Jennifer Lawrence. It's a hard yes for me. So the other ones I had were X Men First Class. It's just a superhero movie, so it's you know it's whatever. But uh, actually, a really good movie, and she's really good in it too. Actually, I, I, I really like her. But um, I've actually never seen American Hustle, um, which I really do want to see. But that's um, and that'll come up a couple times here. But um, so there's that one I put for her, even though I haven't seen it. And then Red Sparrow, actually underratedly good performance by Jennifer Lawrence. It's that like spy movie. Um, I didn't see that either. No, it's it's really good. But but to me, Silver Silver Linings Playbook is the it, it's the coming out party for her. Yeah. And you know we, we mentioned it at twenty one years old, but uh, she's insane, a, yeah. unbelievable in this role. So it's it's a hard yes for me. Yeah, I absolutely agree there. So I'm gonna flip to the director David O. Russell here, uh, and I'm gonna say yes. Um, so he's he's made I think he's directed like six or seven movies, um, but I've seen four of them and I think it's his four his four best ones. Um, so Silver Linings Playbook, Flirting with Disaster, which is actually a very quirky Ben Stiller movie, uh, The Fighter, Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, and American Hustle, as you just mentioned. Uh, he also uh, I Heart Huckabees is another movie I've seen of his, but I didn't fit that in there. But these four right at the top there. And I would put Silver Linings Playbook as his best one, uh, writing-wise, too. I think he wrote all of those movies except for The Fighter, I believe. And um, the writing, the direction, the way he balances... Um, actually, well, I'll get into this in Legacy, so I'll keep that on hold. But yes, this... David O. Russell, I'm saying yes, for sure. Nice. Yeah, the, um, the only other film that he... Did, well, there's actually two other films that are notable. I guess Joy is one of them. Um, oh yeah, Joy was O. Russell and Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, and I didn't uh, like that movie. Um, I actually never saw it. I heard mixed things about it, so I never. Yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a fan. Never of did. Um, he did produce. He was a producer on Anchorman. Uh, we was don't, he really? Yeah, we don't we don't really count those. We do more directing and writing. But uh, he he was his name was on Anchorman. So something to think about there. Um, the next one I have is Chris Tucker. Yeah, I I wasn't sure whether I should put him in here, but I think he had a big enough role where I'm I'm comfortable 
putting this in as Mount Rushmore. Do it. I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I didn't even write Chris Tucker down. So give me your two cents here. No, I mean, I got Silver Linings Playbook. I got Rush Hour. I got Rush Hour 2. And Rush I got Rush, two, Rush Hour 3. <laughs> Um, wait, have you ever seen Have you ever seen Friday with Ice Cube? Him and Ice Cube. Yeah, wait. That's Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Yeah. I'm thinking of like Friday after next. I don't. Um. I think Friday after next is the sequel. I've never seen that. But no, Friday. it is. I guess I didn't even put that together. So then, yeah, I guess I'll knock out Rush Hour three and I'll put in. Uh, <laughs> I'll put in Friday. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like Rush Hour three. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's so not great. Whip, but whip that whip that one out. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris Tucker is really good in this movie. He is. He's really funny, and like, I, you learn a lot about his character, and he's only in it for a few scenes. He's great. No, so, he yeah. is. I I really I like enjoyed that. watching him there, and I also really like when a character or an actor or an actress does something different. You yes, know, and I I, really I, like that too. I just respect it. So that's that's why I threw him on here. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pick up Bobby D here and I'm going to, it hurts me to say it because I really love De Niro in this movie. I think he's terrific. And as you said, it's different of him. Uh, but I, but I'm going to say no, just because this guy is probably one of like the 10 most iconic actors ever. Um, so it, it, you know, and if we're dumbing it down to a Mount Rushmore, uh, this it's not one of his Mount Rushmore films. You got Casino, you got Goodfellas, you got Godfather Part Two, you've got Raging Bull, you've got Taxi Driver, yeah. you've got a slew of, of 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 everything else. Um, so while he is, he's really good in this. Now, I know when we did Meet the Parents, you know we talk about De Niro in like that second phase of his acting career where he started to do more comedies and like just kind of a different version of himself. So let's say we were to do like Bobby D. Uh, two thousand and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd put this in it. Absolutely. Um, this meet the parents, meet the Fockers, little Fockers. <laughs> um, yeah, I would definitely put it in there. But if we're talking the whole career arc of of Robert De Niro's, you know, fifty year acting career at this point, it's not in there. No, I completely agree. I, I have uh, I have nothing else to add on that. Um, I really want to say couldn't agree more. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say, "We have no rebuttal." <laughs> that was that perfect. Was, that was perfect. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere between those two. So, um, one more I have uh, before you know we'll, we'll talk about the big one here. But Jackie Weaver, yes, I actually don't think I've seen anything else that she's in. To be honest with you, but I put yes. I mean, she's fantastic. But um, yeah, maybe you can help me out on here. But I, I don't know any other Jackie Weaver. So she, Jackie Weaver is one of those, one of those stars where she looks so familiar. Yeah. Like she has one of those faces that I just feel like I've just seen her in a, <laughs> just something about your face, <laughs> just, just something about your face. So I'm, I'm looking now. So she, I know she's done a lot of television too, right? but I'm looking at movies, but like, she's got a face that I feel like I've seen and a ton of stuff. But as I look. Um, yeah, I mean, Silver Linings Playbook is the only movie I've seen of her. Um, but she is terrific in this and she, like everyone else was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Um, so I'm going to say yes. I mean, when you go on her Wikipedia page, it's one of the first things that comes up and it says known for roles such as Silver Linings Playbook. So I'm saying yes, she is terrific in this movie. She really is. Yep. 
So should we let, let's let's both share the big one. Yeah. Uh, so Bradley Cooper, um, we we may have opposing viewpoints here, but I am saying yes. Um, it is it's this in Wedding Crashers as my personal favorite roles of his. I do think this is my favorite role of his, just because like, you know, he's the main actor. He's got he's got his moments of where he's freaking hilarious in this, but then he's got his moments where you see him really taking his acting to another level. Um, so I'm saying yes for this, and I have it alongside Wedding Crashers, uh, American Sniper, and A Star Is Born. Uh, I'm completely with you, actually. Nice. On, awesome. uh, on all yes. of that. So I really respect, as I just mentioned, range um, with different roles, but I mm-hmm. insanely respect range within the same role. And he's got that, as you just mentioned. He's got you feeling every single type of emotion and every single time it feels genuine. Yeah. And uh, his ability to portray that at the same time, like growing throughout the film, you know, he's like putting on like five or six different faces as he's like slowly growing in the entire film. It's unbelievable. The fact that he can do that. And again, his chemistry with Jennifer Lawrence, his chemistry really with anyone with like Robert De Niro. That's such a random. So good. Yeah. It's it's, You would never think about Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro, but it's like, you still have that father son uh, chemistry going on there, which is nuts. So, you know, that's Bobby D obviously a legend, but, but, you know, Bradley Cooper deserves as much credit as anyone in this film and just fantastic. So yeah, I, I got this in his for sure. I actually didn't really think about that until you just brought it up. He has great chemistry in this movie with like all the actors, Everybody. like all the, th- all the therapy scenes with Dr. Cliff. It's money. Like their dialogue is, is terrific. And like when he sees him at the Eagles game, like it's, it's great. Yeah. And then all the scenes when it's him and his mom with Jackie Weaver, like those are really good too. Every scene with him and Chris Tucker is, is, is like great. Yes. Like his chemistry with all the other stars in this movie is so good. It feels I, I love so it. real, except for him running at the end, obviously, but oh, God. everything that, that's else. Yeah. I don't know if that's a Bradley Cooper problem or a cinematography problem, but that was a that was a fart. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, Boom, that's, that's a, a fart. fart. Nice. Yeah, so nice. I there love we that go. though. Yeah, Cooper. Yeah. So basically, every, yes for everyone except for Bobby D. Yep. Which is uh, which is what you'd expect, I guess, with yep. a movie like this. So, yep. Brett, we're coming on to the final stretch here. We're just at the home plate, and we always end it off with this last question and. I think there's going to be a lot that we could talk about here, but in your opinion, what is this movie's legacy? So I have a couple things. Uh, uh, two points here. Uh, the first is from an acting standpoint with, with Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, from Lawrence's standpoint, it's like, holy shit, we have a legitimate mega star on our hands who is only 21 years old, and she's going to be making movies for the next... 40 to 50 years and this woman is amazing mm-hmm. um so like kind of seeing the net like we're seeing the next like julia roberts you know coming coming up with with jennifer lawrence so uh, i say that one uh and then two with bradley cooper um you know we said earlier like obviously he'd, he'd done a good amount of work before this but you know i i don't think he'd done a lot of 
roles where he has where he expressed his range as an actor before this you know like he did the hangover he did wedding crashers did some other stuff but this really took his his career to a new level where he then did roles like american sniper and a star is born mm-hmm. um so i think this movie for cooper really took him to the next to the next level as an actor um so those and then finally um just about this movie you know th- there's a lot of movies and shows really that are made about mental health and about moving on after after traumatic experiences. Uh, and I think the way this movie balances humor with a lot of the, the troubling themes of mental health, um, I, I think David O. Russell really nailed it here. Um, you know, it's a movie that has those really serious themes and moments and, and, and diffi- some difficult scenes to watch, quite frankly, like that attic scene that we love so much. Yet, like such funny clever dialogue is like intertwined even into those scenes uh and you know obviously like i'm no famous screenwriter but like that is something that is we can imagine is so difficult to do um and i think david o russell did that so well so that's something i think about that that's a lasting impact for me with this movie so those are my my two big things kind of three but yeah Yeah, i you know i'm with you on on really all those points but i want to start with that last one so you know i remember I was reading, I think it was last night, I was reading some of the reviews and the, the criticisms, really, of this film. And there were a couple related to the, I don't know if it's like insincerity or um, the nature in which the mental illness was portrayed. And some people are turned off by the fact that there is some there's some comedy in there. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of taking it lightly. Um in my opinion, and I, and this actually compares to another movie I think of, like Jojo Rabbit, where there's there's a lot of people that are offended by the fact that you've got the Holocaust, you've got Nazis, you've got Hitler, you've got just the darkest era in like the world in our recent memory, but there's like comedy in there, you know, there's funny mm-hmm. parts and people are turned off by it. But um, I think the beauty in that that both Taika Waititi but then also David O. Russell do in those films is keep the audience engaged in a way where they can learn about these things. They can learn about mental illness and, you know, really incorporate it into their, into their, into their lives and into their uh, mindset. So, you know, I think it brings a really good balance and it, and it makes it un- understandable and relatable, I guess, to, to a lot of people. So I really like that. Um, Back to your first point, Jennifer Lawrence. It's really funny that you you mentioned that because all I put down was Jennifer Lawrence is now legit. Yeah. Um, yep. It, it's yeah. yeah. That's it right there. Um, just fantastic. And and I, I agree with you. After the movie, I thought we're going to be seeing a lot of Jennifer Lawrence for. I mean, we already have this was eight years ago or so. Right. But but we're going to be since seeing then her we for, have since then we have seen a lot of Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, deservedly so. So um, that was unbelievable. And then the last thing is and i mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast but it's a very predictable as you said very cliche script and plot but uh and an unoriginal concept really but david o russell really turned it into a masterpiece and with the help of all of the great acting that we just talked about but um you know it kind of goes to show that you don't need this like genius script or this genius overarching idea for a film if you just execute it almost flawlessly like say this one except for the running part (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> if you, I can't get that out of my head. Uh, <laughs> if you execute it like almost flawlessly, you're going to have a fantastic film, and that's what we have here. So kudos to everyone there. I couldn't have said any better. Um, this movie is so good. I Again, I said in the beginning, I named it the second best movie of 2010s. I do need to update that list because I've since seen a lot of movies that I didn't see last uh, over the last decade. But uh, I'm sticking with this one right up there towards the top. I love this movie so much. I'm going to watch it for years down the line. And uh, it's a silver lining, you might want to call it. There you go. I was waiting for that one. Yes. Bang. Uh any anything else to add, Adam? Before we before we say our goodbyes. No, I'm looking forward to watching this one again. I'm I'm not going to focus on that scene I keep bringing up now that you mentioned it too many times. <laughs> you li- you really keep bringing it up now. I know. Well, when you get a fart in me, it doesn't leave my mind, so it's, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> sticking with it. But but no, unbelievable film. I, I can't wait to watch it again. Yes, absolutely, listeners. Thanks again for listening. As always, until next time. Cheers. <laughs>